And so what this means here in 2023 from a go-to-market standpoint is one, you need to be the best resource you can possibly be for your audience. You have to understand what matters to those most influential people that you you need to reach an influence inside the organizations you're trying to reach. And two, you need to make sure they know who you are, that they understand your value proposition, that they think of you as an expert well before they have a need so that when they enter the buying process, you're the first one that they think of. You're listening to Transform Talks, the podcast about global supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, a fast-growing network of over 130,000 supply chain and manufacturing executives worldwide. Now on this show, I'm gonna be interviewing and having conversations with some of the biggest names in supply chain and business where we're going to be discussing topics around digitization, transformation, leadership, technology, business models, diversity, sustainability, and much, much more. Welcome back to Transform Talks. This week, my guest is Joe Sullivan. Joe is the founder of industrial marketing agency Gorilla76, and he has worked as a manufacturing marketing consultant for over 10 years. In that time, he's helped countless B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. Joe is also the host of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, a show which focuses on the successes and struggles of manufacturing leaders. I'm really glad that we have been able to get Joe on the show. Regular listeners will know that we often speak to senior manufacturing leaders, but I am conscious that we've yet to explore the marketing side of things, which in this day and age is just as important especially when you consider how insular the industry can be at times. During the episode, John and I discussed the latest innovations in manufacturing, the importance of marketing for manufacturers, and how senior manufacturing leaders can get better at marketing. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the Transform Talks podcast. It's good to be here, Maria. You know, I always wonder what it's going to be like to interview a fellow podcaster because, you know, we all have our tricks and the trade and our modus operandi. So I'm really interested to get you on here and talking about uh, the state of the manufacturing industry. I think what we're going to talk about really is the disparity between the innovation we see, you know, on the factory floor versus uh, the marketing department, right? So maybe we could talk a little bit about your podcast. How did you get into it? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, I've been, I've co-owned a industrial marketing agency. I mean, the agency has been in business for 17 years. It was probably 10 or 12 years ago where we kind of looked around our client base and said, who are we best at working with? Kind of mid-size B2B manufacturing organizations. And, and we were, and so we, we, we kind of just went all in on that. And it's, I, I won't get too much into that, but it, it was a great decision. We, you know, helped us to, to really focus, to start to identify patterns, to start bringing people into our organization who came from manufacturing. And, you know, we, we were big content marketing advocates from the beginning for, you know, over a decade now. And just the idea of using the expertise and the brains of, the, of your technical experts to fuel your marketing strategy and be a resource to your audience. And so we had done so much written content over the years and it was I don't know probably about four years ago where I said I, you know I really the, the podcasting medium is just exploding um, you know I love having conversations with people for from the standpoint of just learning and doing market research and making content with my audience and so I said all right well let's let's give audio a try here and 
the, what, the angle I took on it was as opposed to just teaching more marketing to manufacturers, I, I decided I want to interview people as a resource to manufacturing leaders around a variety of things that matter to those people. And so my podcast, The Manufacturing Executive, is really, it's probably one in 10 shows is, is marketing or sales focused, but it really, we touch on all kinds of things and bring in, you know, we bring in people who are, um, you know, advisors, technology, coming into manufacturing, supply chain people, private equity owners that are investing in manufacturers, uh, CEOs, presidents of those organizations, and kind of touch on a lot of topics that matter to that core audience. Do you know, I attended, well, a conference last week. I've been attending a lot of conferences lately. And a lot of the conversation in the manufacturing and supply chain sectors has been about their lack of ability to, broadly generalizing, of course, but lack of ability to communicate effectively with boards of directors with essentially marketing themselves and marketing their uh, the importance of their divisions within an organization. I say that supply chain and manufacturing are the business, plain and simple, they are the business. Uh, you look at Amazon, right? These, these businesses with strong uh, supply chains or other types of businesses, strong manufacturing, they are effectively the business. So do you think, I mean, talking to someone who specializes in marketing here, that seems to be the case that these sort of positions of people in marketing, sorry, in uh, manufacturing and supply chain have an intrinsic difficulty in marketing themselves. Very long question, but I got there in the end. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're going with it. And yeah, absolutely. They do. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, I, we, we kind of struggled with for, for a while is, you know, we saw so much opportunity for, manufacturing organizations to just modernize their marketing approach or bring marketing into organizations that have traditionally been just sales driven, kind of doing the same thing, knocking on doors, cold calling, going to trade shows. And I think a, a lot of it just kind of stems from the fact that so many businesses, especially kind of mid-sized manufacturing businesses, they've built their companies on repeat business and referrals and their reputation for quality or being an expert in their space. And we're kind of at this point where you, you think about over the last decade to 15 years, how much has changed in terms of accessibility of information to people and um, you know, explosion of video and audio content. And, and I think a, a lot of companies have just failed to realize that, you know, a lot of the buying process, for example, for, for their audience is happening well ahead of, you know, of making physical contact with somebody. And so they've, they've continued to rely on these traditional methods of growing their businesses. And the reality is their audience is out there finding information in their own ways. You know, there's been, you know, a, a new generation of people, millennials and soon Gen Z that are taking over these organizations and they grew up with iPhones in their pockets and, and you know, aren't just relying on, on the traditional, the, the relationships they've had with, with their customer base. And so I think, largely speaking, manufacturing leaders have sort of ignored the idea of, of marketing and doing it in a modern way. And now they're, a lot of them are finding themselves kind of stuck, not necessarily, you know, failing, but in, in a place of being kind of stuck or not sure how they're going to grow because the traditional sales methods are, are just not, you know, they're not sustaining them the way they need to be, if that makes sense. 
And yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think a lot of people sort of blame COVID. Uh, but I think that this disruption was happening pre-COVID. You know, you, you look at stories like, what was it, Dollar Shaving Club, who disrupted the, you know, and were bought, were bought out. They disrupted the industry. They were bought out by Unilever for like some ginormous amount, right? And I, I think the way, like you say, the fundamental way that manufacturers relate to their customers changed before COVID. It's those innovative disruptors that took the lead, right? And so, like you say, I think you find manufacturing executives, and I, and I, to some extent, I think supply chain executives too. You find them sort of in the unknown, in this sort of like twilight zone of unknown. The same old rules don't apply, right? Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. I think, you know, what COVID did is just sort of expedited, or it's it sped everything up. What what happened over the last three years would have happened anyway, but probably over 10 years, so a little more slowly, right? And it kind of forced people, especially when you couldn't, you know, get on an, air, on an airplane and fly and go see the customer that they always go see every few months or, you know, hit, hit the road and be knocking on doors for their sales team or being at those trade shows that were closed. It, you know, it's what you said. People were kind of left with like, okay, well, what, what do I do now? And, and you know, on the, on the other side, on their, prospects or customers end, you know, they had to start finding information in, in new ways. And the organizations that were out there actually educating the audience and, you know, publishing written video content that uh, and figuring out how to get that into the hands of the right people are the ones who were you know, kind of winning, especially early pandemic. And then a lot of companies are left kind of trying to catch up there. Okay. So you talked about Gen Z or Gen Z, as we say here in the UK, the uh, millennials. But, you know, there's this, we're not done yet, the Gen Xers. You know, my generation is is in power now, effectively. But where does that leave us? Does that leave us in a place where it's time to adapt or move on? You know, I, I see a lot of, of companies that are, you know, they're run by, um, you know, th there's a lot of males in their 50s, 60s, um, you know, that are, are kind of leading organizations that have kind of just kept operating the same way. And, you know, when things like, you know, you, you look at the explosion of you know, various industry 4.0 technology, um, you know, robotics, automation, um, you know, vision systems like AI, the things that are that you're seeing on, on factory floors and distribution centers and and things like that, I, you know, it, a lot of the, the the perception of manufacturing, the dirty, dark, dangerous, kind of outdated perception that you know a lot of people think of in, in manufacturing, you know, in, in some cases that it's it's still there, and and if you know, the companies that are are sort of taking a different perspective on it, and they're they're bringing in new technology, they're they're the ones who are, um, it, you know going to be a lot more appealing to the younger generations that are that are you know kind of coming into the workforce and we look at the labor shortage issues that everybody's had over the, the last three five years and we'll continue to have yeah it's not going away unless unless certain things change i mean and you look at other initiatives like reshoring right there's such a push, push for reshoring which is fantastic but if we're going to create all these additional jobs here and there's not and the labor force is shrinking like what does that point to? It means we need to automate more, right? We need to find different ways to use technology efficiently because we have a you know, growing demand and a shrinking workforce. So um, you know, I think people, Gen Xers, 
or you know even even boomers that are you know leading organizations the mindset just needs to be you know how do we how do we create efficiencies in a time when you know there's been all this supply chain dis- disruption there's been you know challenges with with labor and and we also have a you know the parents of of the gen zers for example have this perception of manufacturing that really doesn't reflect what's all the great stuff that that's happening right now and so i think it's like how do we shed light on that how do we bring young people and and their parents into manufacturing organizations and let them see that like these are the ones that are doing it right and, and changing are they're very technology centric businesses and you know kids doing computer science have a, a role in can have a role in manufacturing it's not just these dirty factory jobs so i think um i guess i'm sort of going in a lot of places here but i think i think the role of, of those who are, are currently running regardless of what generation you're in that are running these manufacturing organizations like we need to be open-minded about um you know how we're how we're utilizing technology how we're sort of showcasing what's going on in the manufacturing sector to the next generation. Okay, so you said a lot there, and I'm going to try to unpack it. Because I was really excited about the prospect of talking to you for a number of reasons. One, because you're a fellow podcaster. Two, because you're someone young in this industry who is, uh, you know, in the industry and, and vocal about it. And also three, because you're echoing a lot of the sentiments that I've been saying for some time, which is that supply chain and manufacturing are sexy, but yet we do a crap job. We do a really bad job at highlighting that to uh, not just, you know, like you say, students, but parents. I mean, what parent is going to say, hey, sweetheart, yeah, go into supply chain or manufacturing because they think that it's this antiquated sort of dark, dingy cost center, back office, trucks and, you know, forklifts kind of situation. So we are doing a really bad job of self-promoting. I think we're also doing a very bad job of really, and again, going back to my earlier point, of promoting the worth of these departments within an organization, within, you know, just to get not just the consumers knowing, but you can, to get other departments knowing what we do, to get other, uh, to get the board members to know what we do. So there is, in my opinion, a really bad marketing job that is happening on a broad perspective. I'm not, you know, general, I'm generalizing. I'm sure there are companies that, you know, exceptions that break the rule. So how do we combat that? You know, is it just by people like you and me being vocal and telling people how awesome this sector is, how much innovation is there, how much impact supply chain and manufacturing can have on the future and on the world? What else is there? What what else can we do? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think it needs to be attacked from a lot of different angles. Um, you know, there there are a lot of great people out there. I'm sure some of them have been on your show. A few that come to mind: people like Will Healy, uh, Megan Simba, Andrew Crow, um, Kathy Walker. Um, people I've I've had on my show that are are sort of combating this from a variety of angles you know megan zimba talks a lot to the younger generation she talks to women about you know their place in manufacturing that's traditionally been underrepresented um, andrew crow speaking to the african-american population about the their place in in manufacturing and also just like sort of inspiring younger the younger 
generation of people who are in high school right now and kind of shedding a light on what manufacturing looks like. So I think we need these voices and advocates for, you know, to, to touch people who who don't really know anything about manufacturing. I, I certainly didn't. I mean, geez, I'm, I'm a marketing agency owner. I've been working with manufacturers for, you know, 12 plus years now, almost exclusively, but I wouldn't have known that. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have known what's what's going on in manufacturing without you know people being out there educating. I love that. I love the way the podcasting media has uh, medium has exploded over the last five years or so, and all the different people with sort of specialized shows. But you know, how do you get that out at scale to people who aren't looking for it? And I think partner partnerships that are happening with with schools. There's a um, there's a school up in kind of northwest Wisconsin. Um, Cardinal Manufacturing is the organization. It's Matt Goosey's the guy running it, and and he's got, you know, he's working with the high school too. Like they have an actual company running inside the high school where the, the kids are like learning machining, and um, it's like a job shop in the high school, and like things like that where, you know, you're introducing people at a young age to what's possible and, and careers in manufacturing. So. I, I mean, there's no single answer to this from all the conversation. I'm kind of just sort of compiling all the, the, in, the insights from all these conversations I've had. But it's got to be approached from a variety of angles, for sure. Well, one of the ways is top-down as well, right? So I'm going to tell you a little anecdote. I remember, well, let me, actually, let me, I tell this story about how I started my business, which is that I was in a room full of supply chain and manufacturing executives over about a decade ago where we were talking about digital transformation, what did it mean to you? And a lot of them were like, well, what does it mean to you? And these are really senior people, the creme de la creme of the supply chain industry and manufacturing industry in Europe. And um, a lot of it, and I decided to set up this business because I felt that there were so many buzzwords going around, so much unknown, so much confusion and hype that I thought, let's give some clarity to that. But what I don't tell people is that in that very room, I had one really senior level manufacturing director of a very large company who was probably in his 50s, late 50s. And you know what his answer was to me when I talked about digital transformation? It was, you know what, frankly, and this is confidential, he said, I am not interested. It is someone else's problem. It is, I'm retiring in five years, so I'm just going to keep doing what I do. So that long about story that I'm telling you, do you think that we have a problem at the top as well, with regards to this perception, this mindset for transformation, and the way that we, that oper that we're operating right now, you know how well we're doing in terms of manufacturing innovation. It's, it's a good question, and I, I have the privilege of you know the people I talk to as guests on a podcast, or the people who we're having conversations about marketing transformation are the people who are kind of ahead of the curve and thinking about the future and how to change. So I don't have, the, I don't have the you know the perspective on probably all the organizations that are thinking the way the, the you know the person you just described were but I, you know I do I, I do see that that um, you know in a lot of ways the manufacturing sector tends to be lagging on technology adoption you know it's it's uh, the companies that are, are there's so much out there but um, th there does tend to be from from my perspective resistance to change it's often a, a really big ship to have to turn and it's overwhelming. And especially when, yeah, you've got someone who's, you know, maybe the the second generation owner and they're passing it to the third generation or about to exit the business and you know, sell the business or, or whatever. Uh, um, you know, you can kind of 
you can kind of sympathize with them a little bit from the perspective of like how I don't know where to start. I don't know, you know, this is a way of operating that's never been part of what I've done for the last 30 years. Um, so I, is there a problem? Yeah, I think probably in a lot of places there are. I don't want to make a generalization there, but um, there's there's certainly an element of that going on. I, mean, I see it from the marketing and sales technology perspective, right? Just the resistance to adoption and like, you know, just the the brain power it takes to just even wrap your head around changing that. And then, and then you think about like, geez, now think about the whole operations of your business and introducing automation in places where it probably belongs but hasn't been. Well, I get it. I mean, people are jaded, you know, people are jaded. A lot of these technologies haven't resulted in what they were expecting it to be. They've been expensive. They've been cumbersome. They've been uh, time consuming, uh, lengthy processes that have been painful. So I, I, I understand that. But at the same time, we're here talking because we believe that there's a lot of innovation taking place in the manufacturing and supply chain space, but more needs to be done. And equally, that executives need to focus on marketing. And and, and I want you to, to explain that a little bit more. Why do you feel there's a need to market? Sure. So, you know, I touched a little bit on this earlier, but I'll go, I'll go a little deeper. And, and that's, you know, I, I think of the way that manufacturers have traditionally gone to market a lot of trade shows it's taken our whole you know marketing budget and um you know spending it over three days at imts or fabtech or, or wherever um it's a lot of cold calling knocking on doors um you know relying on, on referrals and, and th the problem is you know like number the problems are if i had to break it down into a few things you know one buying processes change so much people are out there looking for solutions on their own. They're doing a lot of that pre-work before they're ever having a sales conversation. And so you you can't just rely on you know the, the inbound phone call. You, you have to kind of be out there, be a resource to your audience, be educating them. That's one thing. You know, the other thing is people are overwhelmed with at this point, even if you're amazing at cold calling and you've got a great sales force for you know sending prospecting emails or or however you're, you're trying to kind of re out, outreach to people. I mean, the, the number of unsubscribes and spams that I have to mark every day, it's really hard to break through all that clutter. Again, even if you are doing it well, um, whether it's, it's phone, phone calls or, or email. And, and then, you know, the, the third thing that I think a lot of companies don't really think about is the fact that if you, for anybody listening right now, if you think about anybody out there who, in, who could be a future customer for you, think about your whole total addressable market, how many of those people do you think are actually actively looking for a solution like yours right now or this week? It's probably a really small percentage. People are out there looking when they have a need or when they're experiencing a problem with whatever their solution or product they're currently using. Yet, all everybody's outbound messaging is, we're the best, buy now, here's our new product. And most people aren't listening. Probably 97, 99% of your audience are ignoring that. Um, if you're doing it too much, you're just a spammer to them. And so what this means here in 2023 from a go-to-market standpoint is, one, you need to be the best resource you can possibly be for your audience. You have to understand what matters to those most influential people that you, know, you need to reach an influence inside the organizations you're trying to reach. And two, you need to make sure they know who you are, that they understand your value proposition, that they think of you as an expert well before they have a need so that when they enter the buying process, you're the first one that they think of. There's positive associations with their brand and you're the obvious first person they call. And it's just the opposite 
approach that most companies are taking. It's it's all, you know, outbound sales, cold emails and phone calls, like messaging that is just going over the heads of people because they're getting hit with that stuff from so many angles. It's antiquated marketing techniques that are drowning people. You know, in, in, people are drowning in noise right now. And so you got to stand above above the rest. So I hear you with that. Joe, I want to thank you for being here. Before I let you go, I want to ask you a question that I ask everyone else on my uh, podcast, which is about a book, any book, whether it's personal or uh, business related that you think has been valuable to you and uh, why. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the business side of things and I think probably my my favorite all-time business book is called They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan and it's it's an amazing book because it gets to the core of what marketing really should be. Marcus Sheridan was, you know, back around 2008 during, you know, that the, the great recession that was leading a pool like a pool construction company, like, you know, pools for your backyard, right? And nobody had expendable income in 2008 when you know, the market was tanking. And, um, and he said, okay, w- what we need to do here is we need to just start answering all the questions we're getting all the time, you know, addressing all the issues and things that people are trying to figure out in the buying process. And we need to just start sh- filming short videos, writing answers to those in the form of you know, content on our website. And it gets to the core of how can you be the best possible resource around the things that matter to the exact people you need to reach? And then how do we figure out how to get that that messaging in front of them and and at scale so you are the expert in their minds? And so, you know, if that concept resonates with you, that that's at the core of, of the way marketing really needs to work in, in B2B and, and specifically in, in manufacturing. So it's been it's really influenced me over over the years. Thank you for recommending that. And once again, thank you for being here on Transform Talks. Thanks for having me, Mia. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I do hope you gained some valuable insight from this week's episode. To stay up to date with the latest developments, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at Transform Talks. Also, if you don't already follow me on LinkedIn, please do so now. I'm always keen to connect with supply chain and business leaders from around the world. You can find me by searching for Maria P. Villablanca. And if you're lucky, I may let you know what the P in my name stands for. In the meantime, wishing you a great week ahead. And as always, for those of you listening, I'll catch you at the next one.